When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, the phone lines are full right now. John, Sam, Max, Adam, Alec have all jumped on the line before the show even started. You can get on the line as soon as these guys drop off. 651-646-8255. Welcome to Vikings Vent Line on Score North and the Score North app. Also live on Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch and on live.scorenorth.com. And I just want to start the show, just mm-hmm. a quick little soapbox here for a second. Sure. So many, so many things we could dive into here. Kirk Cousins' offensive line was garbage. I want to talk for a second about the two dumbest punts I've ever seen. <laughs> the two dumbest punts I've ever seen watching football, Manny Hill. And I think you know which ones I'm talking about because you and I both had the same reaction. As soon as the, as soon as the punt team came out for both, it was like, what? what? Yeah. Punt number one was fourth and one from the Vikings' 45-yard line fairly early in the fourth quarter, trailing at that point. And so without even like getting into the details first, it's an automatic go for it. If you're in the middle of the field like that and you're losing, and by the way, it's not like you have a bunch of opportunities offensively. Take advantage of being halfway down the field in that moment. Mm-hmm. Just go for it. Just yep. go for it. So it looks like the Vikings are going to go for it. Well, hang on. Let me let me stop you for a minute. Sure. Fourth and 15, there's two minutes left. The Vikings are going for it now. Right. I mean, why not punt it now? <laughs> well, let's get to the While second. While we're at it, just punt it away now. So, what the hell? So they decide to go up to the line of scrimmage and do a hard count for literally two seconds. <laughs> two seconds. 16 seconds left on the, on the clock. And Kirk Cousins starts walking back toward the sideline. And they yeah. burn a timeout. They burn a timeout. Why? It doesn't make that's sense. That's the football. It's, you know, Phil, it's one thing if you call a timeout in that situation, which is still kind of ridiculous. But it's one thing if you call the timeout there and then you decide, okay, let's get the right play that we want to go for it on fourth down here and keep possession. No, let's call the timeout because we don't want to get a delay a game. You know, we got to save those five yards, and so we can just punt it away. Like, you're right. Take, <laughs> take the five yards in that spot. Go, go for it. Go for it. Go for it every single time. Yeah. And if that wasn't dumb enough, and by the way, Kirk Cousins running for his life, and who knows what he's doing here. Uh, and there's a dropped pass to basically end the game. So, <laughs> But if that wasn't enough of a dumb punt, later on, down by 13 points, three and a half minutes to go. It's fourth and 24. And they punt again. <laughs> the game ends when you punt in that spot. Yeah. Mike Zimmer, what are you doing? And I get that, like, at that point, you're already down by 13. 
It's already a disaster. The game's probably over. And 4th and 24 is obviously very, very hard to convert. But it's it's like... But you punt and the game is over. Yeah. I mean, if the Packers... And the Vikings got very, very lucky that they forced the Packers to go 3 and out on that ensuing possession. Because if the Packers pick up one first down there, the Vikings probably don't get the ball back. Yes. And that's what you risk there in that particular situation. And you know what? I got people tweeting at me saying, well, the game is over anyway. Well... If you go for it on that fourth down and you don't get it, and I understand that the likelihood of you getting it on fourth and 24 is very low, if you don't get it, the game's over anyway. Yeah. So either way, like you you, you have to give yourself a chance to keep possession there. Yeah. You're down by two scores. There's three and a half left. Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just ridiculous. So the Vikings are uh, on their way to dropping to 10 and 5, and it's still a, a very successful season, and... They can still finish eleven and five, and they can. We'll, we'll see what happens. But there's a lot to talk about. But those were the two dumbest puns I've ever seen. One hundred and thirty-nine yards of offense for the Vikings tonight, and that includes garbage time. Yep, <laughs> that includes garbage time. Oh, it was garbage time, all right. Let's turn it over to you guys. Frustrated, I'm assuming Vikings fans. Six five one six four six eight two five five. By the way, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Phil Mackey. That is at Manny Hill 84, and we are at Score North, S-K-O-R North on social. John in Manhattan, you're the leadoff hitter, buddy. Go ahead. Fellas, season's greetings. Season, I'm not season's greetings tonight. So, but I told you so. Yeah. I've been calling in as the messiah of trashdom with this quarterback. Could not get it done. And what I just witnessed was one more notch in the belt of could not get it done. This quarterback is trash. John, that's a good phone call. John in Manhattan. I, I got I got a feeling he'll be calling us uh, tomorrow. The two hour event line tomorrow. Me, Danny and Judd. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of meat on that Kirk Cousins bone here. Let's <laughs> just let's just rifle through some here. Sam in Minneapolis. Hey guys, thanks for uh, taking my call. Um I don't know the exact stat, but I think, you know, like in the last 10 games or so, the Vikings had allowed, I think, one or zero sacks. And so you kind of always expected that the, you know, equilibrium would swing back the other way because, you know, that's how life is as a Vikings fan. But, you know, you figure it would be against, like, the Bears with with uh, Khalil Mack, and I didn't really think it would happen in this context. I think, you know, you mentioned the, the punt, so I won't get into that, but it seemed like everything that could go wrong did go wrong. And the defense, to its credit, played incredibly in the first half and most of the third quarter, I think like three turnovers on their side of the field. If you only muster 10 points out of it, like, I don't know what to tell you, you know, and to add insult to injury now, like, you know, Kendricks was out of the game. Barr was banged up all else equal. If, if the season ends the way that we expected to with the Packers winning next weekend, uh, we would have to go to New Orleans, you know, in the first, you know, in the wild card weekend, which is just a nightmare matchup. And so it's really frustrating. It, it's a complete missed opportunity. Um, I, I know Kirk played badly, but the offensive line probably put up its worst performance of the season. It was despicable. It was everything that we thought went wrong last year that we thought we had fixed. I think it emphasizes that Dalvin Cook and Madison to an extent probably make this offensive line look better than it actually is. Yeah. Um, but just really disappointing. So uh, thanks for taking my call. No, thank you. And I, you know, on, on Kirk, real quick. So the offensive line was a disaster tonight, a disaster. And Delvin Cook not playing makes a huge difference. And you and I talked about this on our Instagram halftime vent line, Manny. That Delvin Cook not being in the game not only impacts the respect or lack thereof the Packers defense gives you a running game, 
It also impacted the way the Vikings called plays in the first half, too. There wasn't nearly as much play action. That was the first interception Kirk Cousins has thrown on play action all season. But at the end of the day, Kirk Cousins, primetime, winning opponents, these are all the stories that every time he plays a Monday night game, I mean, this gets talked about, right? Now. He's 0-9. I know people are tired of hearing about the record and tired of the narrative, but until he exercises it, it's not going to go away. He was 16 of 31 for a buck 22, 3.9 yards per attempt, had a bad interception. He did throw a dime of a touchdown pass mm-hmm. to Stephon Diggs. But, you know, I mean, at some point, like, dude, it's it's not all on you all the time, but sometimes it's on you. A lot it's on you. Let's go back yep. to the phone lines here. Max in D.C., you are on Vikings Vent Line. Fire away. Hey, hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Um, definitely echo everything that you guys have said so far. I mean, those punts, I mean, my jaw was dropping. I'm like, they, they think they'll have a better chance of scoring, get an onside kick instead of getting a fourth and 20 or whatever it was. I mean, just ridiculous. But uh, sticking on the coaching, I, I feel like it was just a weird, you know, play calling from beginning to finish. I felt like it reminded me of last year where it was just a lot of, a lot of running, but also just a lot of normal drop-back passes. They weren't moving the pocket. Kirk was on the move. He wasn't doing bootlegs. I feel like Kirk's at his best when he's moving. He doesn't have to think as much. He's back there. His offensive line's matched up. He panics. He doesn't move around well in the pocket. I feel like that's a recipe for disaster, and I feel like the play calling with Kubiak and Stefanski has been solid all year, but tonight it just I don't know. It didn't have that same type of magic. I don't feel like the personnel is any different. It was just a different way that the offense looked. And then <clears throat> one last point. I, the first call is hysterical with, about Kirk. But, you know, if, if everything has to be right for him to succeed, maybe it is time for him to move along and you explore the trademark in the offseason. There's a certain Mr. Bridgewater in the free agency pool next year, too. <laughs> wow. Maybe you can make a little bit of a swap. But, Thanks for taking my call, and happy holidays. Amazing. All right, Max in D.C., let's go to Adam in Minneapolis. You're next up on Vikings Vent Line. Hey, guys. I know we have a tough road to hoe tonight against the feared Green Bay defense, but what I really want to know is what franchise Stefanski is going to be head coach of after this year, after he put up such a just wowed us with his brilliance tonight at U.S. Bank Stadium. <laughs> 130, 139 yards worth of brilliance tonight. Two point six yards yeah. per play. Yeah, he got worked. Yep. I mean, they all they all got worked. Yep. Titus in St. Paul, you're on Vikings Vent Line. Phil Mackey, Manny Hill. Hey, how are you guys doing? What's happening, man? Yeah. So this is this is the deal here for me. Uh, I'm pretty upset, uh, as you can probably imagine. This is uh, the big thing for me. Was this is the one game I feel like that. I really need to see the Vikings win. I felt like if they can go in and win this, I feel confident about them in the playoffs. And they botched it tonight. And yeah. I just feel like I'm not quite sure how I feel going in the playoffs now. Uh, I'm definitely not as confident. And also, back to like the turnovers, like the defense played decently well overall for one game. And this is what we ask for out of the defense. And then our offense can't go out and turn those turnovers in the points and so it's like it's like our, our, we can't get the team to work well on both sides right now and honestly that's going to be a huge issue in the playoffs so yeah that's my fun guys thanks yeah. hey titus uh you hang on for a second you still there 
Yeah, yeah. Hey, we're gonna put you on hold. We're gonna give you. Uh, we're gonna give you a prize. We're gonna make you the popcorn caller of the show. That was. Uh, that was a great combination of. He's clearly mad and sad, but also mm-hmm. uh, level-headed and rational. And uh, the popcorn call of the game is brought to us by Popcorn in Minnetonka. Find them in the upper concourse of the stadium, section 325 at every home game. Fresh popped corn available in six customer-favorite flavors. Uh, popcorn, we thank them for jumping on board with Vikings Ventline here this season. Um, let's keep going here. This is just... Uh, what a, what a just a debacle of a football game tonight, Alec so in South bad. Dakota. You're on Vikings Vent Line. Hey guys, how's it going? Good man. Well, we're I mean, hey, yeah. it's the holiday season. Yeah. Okay, we all get to hang out with friends and family, and right. you know, right. Well, happy holidays. But okay, let's get into this. So, <laughs> John in Manhattan, what a lazy take if I've ever heard one. That is the most low hanging fruit take that you could possibly have. Is Kirk in the top tier of quarterbacks? No. But can he bring a team with this much talent to a deep playoff run with a little bit of help and a little bit of competency? Yes. And I don't want to hear a slander. That interception he threw, if Diggs isn't, I'm not even going to get into whether it was a PI or not, whether he was interfered with or he fell down, I don't care. If Diggs is able to jump up and go for that ball, it's not picked. I don't care. So now... Let's let's focus. The the clown mask um, really needs to be worn by two individuals tonight. Even though Garrett Bradbury struggled, the offensive line as a whole kind of struggles, but kind of, they all look bad if one person looks is is really blowing it. Um, can you guys explain to me why Riley Reef is in the NFL? What? How? I mean, if you're big enough, do they just give you a contract? Like. Kind of, actually, yeah. Block anyone. <laughs> he cannot, and I know, you know, uh, Smith or whatever. He's very fast. He's very athletic. I don't care. Okay, this is not the only game. He has no business being on this team next year. He, along with Rubs, needs to be cut. Now, clown mask number two, and up until the the second half, this was my one reason for the Vikings. Uh, you know, being in the position that they were in. You know, at one ten minutes to go in the. Third, I think it was, you know, the Vikings are, had like 17 minutes of possession in Green Bay 31 or something mm-hmm. like that. That is insane. That is due to Mr. Kevin Stefanski. Unbelievable, horribly inept play calling tonight. He play called like he was scared, like he was a kid on Madden 12 playing as Adrian Peterson, <laughs> just wanting to hand it off and run the whole time and I'll win the game. Absolutely terrible. There's no excuse. And um, just explain that to me, what, what possibly his rationale is, because honestly, I tried to put myself in his footsteps, and I, and I just couldn't see it. So just please elaborate on, or try to you know, shed some light on that. Thanks, guys. Happy holidays. Alec in South Dakota, hey, happy, happy holidays to you too, man. Well, well, what would you have done as a play caller? Tonight? Well, here's the thing, though, because he mentioned the Vikings running the ball. The Vikings ran the ball 16 times today, tonight. Kirk Cousins threw the ball 31 times. So they threw basically. I mean, I guess if you factor in the Philly special, that the was a complete special, disaster. They ran a Philly special was a type. complete disaster. Dude, they ran an amazing Philly special. Yeah, and Stephon Diggs. And Stephon Diggs did everything ball, right man. except complete the pass, which is the most important part of the play. <laughs> uh, but they basically, you know, and and mind you too, Cousins was sacked five times tonight. Offensive line disaster, like you mentioned. 
So the Vikings basically called 37 passing plays tonight, and they ran the ball 16 times. So they weren't really married to the running game tonight. The issue was, I think play calling was a bit of an issue, but also, I, you know, Phil, I, I just this quarterback man, I just, I, I don't, I don't know what to say. I don't well, know what to say anymore because think, here's okay. Here, let me let me help you with this because I've gone yeah. through, I've gone through this all season too. Yeah, and he has been wonderful against for the most part against the teams that he should be wonderful against. Yep, he's very much a front running quarterback, and that's there's there's not going to be 32 great franchise guys, and so when you start to parse apart, okay, who's in this tier? Who's in that tier? You got your Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. You got your you know, whatever tier Tom Brady's in now. I mean, there is a clear top tier of quarterbacks, mm-hmm. and he is not in that tier. And no. so, so the whole conversation is okay. Well, how good does he need to be, and how good does he need to be against certain teams? How much does he need to rise above adversity and bad offensive line play? How much should we expect of him, knowing that he's not a top tier quarterback? And I I go back and forth every single week. I mean, this is what this is what kind of ticks me off. You have these discussions after a night like this, and he was not good. He had one great pass tonight, and it mm-hmm. was a big boy top tier throw to Stefan Diggs in the 100%, end zone. Yep. It was a great throw. And then you look at the rest of the game, and I am not blaming him solely for what happened in this game. The offensive line played maybe their worst game of the, the entire season so far. Stefanski was not good from a play calling Correct. perspective. Yep. The defense in the first half had the ball walked up and down between the twenties, and uh, and they did generate turnovers. But it's this area where it's like you're not allowed. It's if 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 the offensive line had three bad pass protection plays, like you're not allowed to criticize Kirk Cousins. Unless everything was perfect and he failed, so that's the discussion that's going to. Ha- and he's and by the way, there's going to be a playoff game that he has a chance to prove himself in. I mean, there's yeah. more, there's more tests to come, but after tonight, I think it's fair to say he was not given a lot of help by by scheme or by offensive line, and also he was not good enough himself to and, overcome some of that. Correct. Yeah, and and you know what, I just because all for the last few weeks especially since he's been playing so well the discussion has been so much about you give Kirk Cousins an extension and you know how much would you give him and should he should he get fully guaranteed money again should he get 40 million a year yada yada I cannot I am having a very difficult time what I saw tonight from Kirk Cousins Mm -hmm. I I I cannot it's a very 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 difficult conversation and and I understand like with the position it's hard to find a really good player at that position. It's the most important position in the sport. But it's also like if you're going to win at a high level, you need that guy to be able to perform well in situations like tonight. You need to, you need him to be able to perform at a high level once in a while yeah. in those positions. And if he can't do it, if this continues to be a thing... I know people are tired of hearing about the Monday night and the primetime narrative with Kirk Cousins, but he had an opportunity tonight to shut everybody up. And it didn't happen. Again, 
And it's the same thing. We're, we're, it's the same thing over and over and over again of, well, it's the offensive line. And it was the offensive line. Well, it's play calling. And it was play calling. But it, it's it's like if we keep having these conversations, we can't turn around and be like, yep, got to give him an extension because look at what he did against the Giants and look at his numbers and look at how great he's been this year. I'm just not sure. Yeah. It's a very difficult decision to make on him right now because I'm not 100% sure that I want to tie up $40 million a year to this guy and if this is going to be going to be what they get every time they have an opportunity to be on a big stage or he's just going to keep coming up short and we're going to blame everybody else for it right what are we doing here and, and but here's the you know here's the other side of it and this is this is the debate and it's yeah. I, it's a fun debate i mean it's but the other side of it is in a game like tonight i agree with you you want your guy to just sort of rise up and hey I know that the offensive line's getting beat, and I know that Thielen's not 100%, but guys, just I'm not going to do it every game. It's just too much to expect, but once in a while. But the type of dude that rises up and wins that game anyways is a more mobile quarterback who's also mm-hmm. accurate, right? And how, like, mm-hmm. how many guys in the NFL right now are mobile enough to get away from Riley Reef's turnstile, <laughs> pressure up the middle as well? Yeah. How many guys are mobile enough to get away from that and accurate enough to make secondaries pay, throwing on the run, right? And there's like five or six dudes in the league that would maybe fall into that category. And here's and the they're thing. not available. Yeah, well, <laughs> and here's the other thing with that, too. All right, if they do decide to give Kirk Cousins an extension and sign him to whatever he wants within reason, obviously, so we're talking upwards of 35 to $40 million a year, right? Well, every time he doesn't perform well, we're always looking at the offensive line, and we're always looking at, you know, well, the defense didn't get enough stops, or the receivers are injured, or, you know, Dalvin Cook. Whenever this guy doesn't perform well, it's because everything else around him is not perfect. Well, if he's making 35 to $40 million a year, guess what? It's going to be really hard for you to go out and be able to spend money on cap, you know, use your cap space to go and get a left tackle that's better than Riley Reef. We had a caller just a few minutes ago saying, "Why is Riley Reef in the NFL?" Well, because you need a left tackle, mm-hmm. and it's unfortunate that Riley Reef is not Jonathan Ogden. But if Kirk Cousins is going to have success, you need Riley Reef to be Jonathan Ogden. Yeah. Guess what? Gonna guess what's going to happen if you have Jonathan Ogden at left tackle? It's going to cost you a lot of money. Because those guys get paid a lot of money. Yeah. So that's just one thing you got to think about when you're talking about giving them, giving Kirk Cousins an extension. And that's what makes this conversation so hard. That's Manny Hill. I'm Phil Mackey. Brendan Berger taking your phone calls here. And the lines are full right now. But as soon as someone makes their point and drops off, the numbers are 651-646-8255. This is Score North and Vikings Ventline on Score North here. Uh, we appreciate you listening or watching. If you're watching one of our feeds right now on Twitter, Facebook, or Twitch, let's go to Jonathan in Colorado. Vikings get smoked. Jonathan, what are your thoughts? It just makes me wonder why the taxpayers keep paying for stadiums for Minnesota teams that are subpar. I mean, Jonathan, in fairness, it is a really nice bar to hang out at when your team's getting its ass kicked, I guess. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Those doors open up beautifully, don't they? <laughs> yeah, they do. 
that that's all I got. Just, okay. And they're disappointing year. Like they always say, there's always next year. Yep. Thanks for the one. thanks for the phone call, man. Let's uh let's go to uh Warren in St. Paul. Hey Warren. Yeah, you know, this is a very uh, I just say the Vikes don't learn from what they've done. And the reason I say that is uh one, I don't care whatever you say. I don't care who what quarterback you had back there last week. The offensive line is not NFL quality to be at the playoffs, and I'll tell you, uh, they may, they got two rookies on their team. They should have been playing since the beginning of the season. They played well. They got one of the best, uh, their fourth-round draft choice, Samia, is a really good guard, and he played extremely well in the preseason, and uh, he should be playing. They got the other guy, that a 320-pound guy that can run a 4-8-40, can still pull. They can't push a defensive line back, and, and if you you got a quarterback doesn't doesn't have any time up there, I don't care who you got back there, they're not going to be winning the games. And I'll give you an example. Bradbury, they think he's such a great offensive lineman. The best player in the draft, the best uh, player at his position is Eric McCoy. With uh, This is what an offensive lineman will do. They had an injured quarterback. He hasn't given up a sack all year. They've had injured offensive linemen. He's kept that team together, and he blows holes through the line. Bradbury shouldn't be starting this year, and it just goes to show you tonight. They, they need to have some offensive linemen that can push defensive linemen back. And when they cut off the angles, they can't run. Yeah, Warren, thanks for the phone call. That's way easier said than done. Yes, okay. it would be great to have offensive linemen that could push the opposing defenses back. So, yes. so here's the deal. The Vikings offensive line was terrible tonight, and we've mentioned that a few times. Russell Wilson has had terrible subpar offensive line play for years. In part because of his contract now, but yes. Yeah. Andrew Luck, now granted Andrew Luck had injuries and he ended up retiring as a result, but when Andrew Luck did play with subpar offensive line play up until... Last year, he was excellent. Colts made the playoffs. Won a couple playoff games during that stretch. Your quarterback has to be able to overcome some of that stuff once in a while. And if you're going to pay him the big bucks, he's got to be able to overcome some of that. Because it's going to be really hard to go out and pay to have all pro guys at every at all five positions on the offensive line it's it's going to be really hard you're going to be you're not going to have a perfect offensive line and the guy you have is going to need to be able to overcome some of that he's going to need to be able to move around in the pocket a little bit and i stefanski did not do kirk cousins any favors tonight i understand that completely but this is kind of the conundrum that they're in yeah. it's tough uh, also we're uh we're definitely following you guys and your your tweets at Score North at Phil Mackey at Manny Hill eighty four. We appreciate it, and even uh, even listeners like Winnesota at Winnesota, who I can fight with all week about Twins free agency. We can all come together and agree the Vikings were terrible tonight. The Vikings were garbage tonight. Uh, AJ in Forest Lake, you're on Ventline. Yeah, hey guys. Um, you know, the the offensive line, I mean, I know everybody wants to rag on them, but th- this is the same offensive line that opened gaping holes for Delvin Cook for most of the season to put him number two in yards rushing. I mean, th- this offensive line, 
has performed very, very well for the most part in the rushing game and even pass protecting for some of the past few games. Tonight it was a disaster. But anyway, the, the one thing that, that I thought really, really just took the, the wind out of the when we got that fumble with 13 minutes, two minutes into the game, we're on the eight-yard line, and to kick a field goal is uh, that 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 is a killer. And you know, we didn't even throw a pass into the end zone. We ran it. We ran it for nothing. Cousins tried to throw a waist high pass at I, I think Rudolph or somebody at the five yard line, and yep. then and then of course he did the old C.J. Ham routine, which which was a failure. <laughs> threw it over his head by you three yards it, too. Don't you have to throw it into the end zone, Manny? I mean, but that's yeah. not. But I don't know if that's Kirk. I don't know who if. if it, if it's Stefanski calling that play, you just got to throw it in the end zone. I, I don't get that. That that was a killer. Yeah, Kirk, actually, Kirk. Thank you, AJ. Kirk. I don't have the stats in front of me. But Kirk goal to go in his career is really bad yeah. relative to the rest of the league. He's just he's not the. T- and, but some of it too is he is a classic pocket passer, mm-hmm. and he's kind of a second tier pocket passer. If things are perfect, he's going to drop dimes. But I would venture to guess again. This is not scientific. I don't have the research in front of me. But if the guys who perform better in the red zone. I mean, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I mean, like, you've got a defense that's just panicking that he's going to run for a touchdown. Yep. No one's thinking about that with Kirk. And so, how many times tonight were the Packers able to just drop eight guys back into coverage and say, all right, man, pick us apart. Go ahead. We're not going to, you know, if you want to, if you want to throw, so, you know, you want to throw balls into tight windows, you know, you go ahead and the, the, the Packers with pressure. And with and with rushing three and four a mm-hmm. lot tonight made it really hard on Kirk. Uh, George in New Jersey, you're on the show, Vikings Vent Line. Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks for taking the call. Thanks for calling. All right, so if we do we us Vikings fans, do we actually think that we could go through three no, three playoff games away and, and and win three in a row with Kirk Cousins? Okay, but we might as well put on the clown makeup now because I'm I'm looking in the mirror right now because I believe, <laughs> I believe I'm I got the I got the mascara on right now because like like are you are you kidding me with Kirk Cousins and not to even mention just our organization in general choking in the playoffs you know <laughs> so like, like why even watch the rest of the season because we know how it's gonna end yeah here's the thing but, like George I actually think you know, hot take police can arrest me if they want to I actually think they can win. Any of the road games, but not all three. Like I think, I think they can go into yeah. any of the road yeah, environments I, I, and I win. I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. I would, but like three, considering that we can't even beat a, a winning t- a team with a winning record in the regular season, and you're telling me we're going to beat three in a row in the playoffs, which is basically like prime time. For there's uh, no way. Like, and, it, and you know, I, I'm I'm throwing a lot at Kirk. It's not even. It's just the whole big team in general. Yeah. You know, like we, the whole team never even plays good in prime time anyway. So to say that we're gonna win, but it, it's just not happening, guys. Like I'm sorry, but thank you for taking the call. Yeah, guys. No, I love the show, George. Thank you for for calling in here. And by the way, Vikings Vent Line. If you're new to it, if this is your first time jumping in the pool, you can find it in podcast form, Apple, Spotify, or the Score North app, or anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. And uh, 
We hope to provide a little uh, little therapy session for you after these tough losses. 651-646-8255. He's Manny Hill. I'm Phil Mackey. Let's go to Kevin and Ham Lake. You're up next on Ventline. Kevin, let him have it. Hey, gentlemen. Thanks again for taking my call. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, I do have to jump on Elfline. Is I know you're talking about Riley Reef being a turnstile, but this guy's like just standing there while Bradbury's getting his butt kicked. Aren't you supposed to help out your center a little bit? I haven't seen anything from Elfline in two years. Also, I'd like to say I think the Vikings need to follow the Kansas City model where – they had Alex Smith, okay, and they didn't need a quarterback. And they moved up in the draft and picked Mahomes. They saw something nobody else saw, right? And then they let him sit for a year. We have Cousins for 17 more games. He could play all 17. And then we could draft, or we draft somebody this year, and he can watch for a year and then throw him to the fire afterwards but i just don't think yeah. cousins is solid enough to extend at that dollar figure when you can draft somebody in the first round and then you got them for five years and that frees up so much money throughout your whole salary cap it just it's just just a different situation yeah kevin you bring up good points yeah caller talked about that on score north live today with doogie let's talk about yeah. that that exact very thing what kansas city did with Alex Smith, and they drafted Patrick Mahomes. They let Mahomes sit for a year. They started him, I think, in Week 17 in a game that didn't matter much. He actually played pretty well. And they traded Alex Smith to Washington that following offseason. And Patrick Mahomes, the rest is history. Here we are. Yeah. Now, the the thing with that is <laughs> you better hit on that quarterback. If that's the, if that's the route you're going to go, you better hit on that quarterback, right? But I would even I would even say, what is the risk if if the is is there is there a risk like Alex Smith and Kirk Cousins? It's actually they're they're different quarterbacks, but mm-hmm. but it's it's kind of similar cases in that they're both like reliably average and at their best they can get up there into that fringe top ten mix, right? Yeah, but there's they can no, only take you so far. Yeah, there's no risk of them like Tom Bradying a postseason run or anything, right? right? So really you're you're the the risk is okay you clear someone out that used to make 30 million dollars you bring someone in let's say a mid to late first round draft pick who makes 5 to 6 million dollars to the salary cap and you sort of have to prop him up with pieces around him mm-hmm. and it's a disaster well the Vikings in 2012 had one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL his name was Christian Ponder. Mm-hmm. He was a tire fire. He was so bad. <laughs> and, and that's he was, putting it kindly. <laughs> he was out of the NFL after four or five years. Yeah. Go back in the last 30 years and find me a list of quarterbacks, first-round draft pick quarterbacks, that were flat out of the league five years later. I mean, it's like Jamarcus Russell, Tim Tebow, I think, was the last pick in the first round. So he was a first-round mm-hmm. pick. Christian Ponder... And that, and there might be one other. You might be able to say like Jake Locker because he got hurt or something. Yeah, but that's it. So Christian Ponder is one of the worst first round draft pick quarterbacks in my life. Mm-hmm. And the Vikings won a division with that guy <laughs> because he didn't make thirty million dollars. They were able to put expensive, good pieces around him, and they were able to pay 
Adrian Peterson, the money, and now we're literally getting a live feed of Matt LaFleur and the Packers celebrating inside the Crown Visitors locker room at U.S. Bank Stadium in case you want to pour cyanide in your eyes. At least they're not Vikings popping fans. champagne bottles. <laughs> well, wait for it. <laughs> uh, 651-646-8255. Eric and Bismarck, you're on Vikings Vent Line. Thanks for taking my call, guys. Appreciate it. Um, I know there isn't a whole lot of positivity tonight, but positive things first. Uh, I think the defense really kept the Vikings in the game tonight. Um, I'd like to see him play a little more press coverage because I think that would have tightened some things up a little bit. But that defense, I mean, they they played their heart out tonight. And, you know, Mike Hughes doing the uh, fair catch when there was, like, miles of of field in front of him. I mean, some of these guys need need a little more critical thinking training or or something. And, um, you know, I mean, a lot of people are going to, uh, blame uh, Captain Pizza Ranch tonight, but um, game calling and scheming can help him a little. He didn't boot uh, a whole lot tonight. Uh, I watched the Rams 49ers game on Saturday, and Goff was constantly booting. He was constantly moving out of the pocket, partly because his pocket was collapsing on him. So yeah. the one way to defend against that is to get some movement and move out a little bit, and that's when I've seen success with Kirk. For whatever reason, they decided to just completely abandon that tonight, and this is the result. I mean, you can honestly, and most fans will blame Captain Pizza Ranch for this entire uh, loss, but, I mean, he's not, a great, he's not a great quarterback, and I wouldn't be giving him 30 and $40 million beyond next year. But to lay the entire blame at his feet, I don't know, man. If I'm Kevin Stefanski, I'm like, that was my job audition for a head coaching gig next year. <laughs> yeah. Luck, bud. Yeah. Well, thanks for the phone call, Eric. One more thing on Kirk Cousins here because mm-hmm. we, there's been some, we've had some good Cousins discussions here, and I think these are going to continue throughout the next few weeks. And yeah, you know, he. Um, I, I like to say the gap between your expectations of someone or something. The gap between expectations and what is real mm-hmm. is where that angst lies. Yeah. And there's a gap right now because we expect, based on his salary and based on the way that he plays against bad teams, non-Monday night games, etc., right? Uh, based on the way that he throws when the pocket is clean, we expect something that's probably above what is realistic for Kirk Cousins. Yep. And you're going to have to make a decision if you're Rick Spielman or... Somebody else who might have to make that decision if Rick Spielman isn't around to make that decision. But you have to make a decision based on reality, not expectations. And if there's a yeah. gap, you've got to you've got to pinpoint that gap. Uh, it is is the reality of Kirk Cousins worth allocating such a high percentage of your salary cap strategically? Because even if like if we just take away the dollar figure for a second, to me it's it's a strategic discussion about. How should you best construct your roster mm-hmm. based on uh, you know the limited limited in air quotes because it's still like two hundred million dollars, but the limited amount of money you get to spend on players, and if this type of performance is going to continue to happen again, not his fault because offensive line, because play calling, because defense, etc. But if this is the performance you're going to get when things start to go awry, mm-hmm. is it strategically worth giving him that large of a percentage of your salary cap? 
That is where the conversation, that's the sweet spot of the conversation. And look at where, look no further than where the Los Angeles Rams are right now. And now the Rams are coming off a season in which they went to the Super Bowl. But they are paying, they are paying Jared Goff a lot of money now. And he is not a great quarterback. He's not terrible, but he's okay. Mm-hmm. He's probably like he is basically Kirk Cousins on the on the like the low end or the the mediocre end of Kirk Cousins this year. That's where Jared Goff is right now as a quarterback. And you can live with it if he's on a rookie contract for six million. Yep. But he's not on a rookie contract anymore. Right. And, now and so now, and and the bigger problem that the Rams have right now is they don't have draft capital to to really yeah. try and improve their roster because they traded it all away. They gave up two first-round picks for Jalen Ramsey. and I've always kind of wondered you know, if at some point there's never really been a middle class of quarterback salaries. It's always rookie contracts and backups. And then it's, so it's guys who make like two to six million. Yeah. And then it's like, boom, a jump to 20 to 30 to 35 million. And I wonder if at some point, if that group of Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff and those guys who definitely deserve to be starting quarterbacks in the NFL, and mm-hmm. Andy Dalton, like Andy Dalton is one of the 25 best quarterbacks in the world. Same thing. He is. But he doesn't deserve you know, a huge chunk a percentage of your salary cap. By the way, I'll squeeze this ID in uh, so we can handle that business. You're listening to Score North, Minnesota Sports, anytime, anywhere on AM 1500 KSTP, St. Paul, Minneapolis. We still have full, full phone lines here on Vikings Vent Line. Manny Hill, Phil Mackey. Let's see who's been holding the longest. It looks like Matt in Iowa. Matt, let them have it. Vikings got their asses kicked. Hi guys, this is caller here. Um, Actually, I'm going to throw him back on hold because he has kind of a wacky connection, and we'll go to somebody whose parents named him well, Phil in Plymouth. <laughs> uh, thanks for having me, guys. How you doing? Good, man. How are you? Uh, I've been better, but. Uh... <laughs> Fair enough. I uh, I don't want to go into it. I just want to say, count me in on the pro Kirk camp and even resigning him. I know that is the minority opinion tonight, but I just can't think of another quarterback that would succeed when he's getting interior pressure right through the middle, right at him. His best wide receiver is clearly still injured and is dropping 35-yard first downs. Um, he has no run game going with a third-string running back who's averaging two yards a carry. And I thought Stefanski, as many pointed out, play called terribly. But I um, wanted to just point out something that is probably the number one thing that has driven me nuts the last few weeks, and that is when we get a turnover, a lot of teams see that as the opportunity to, like, hey, this is a momentum-changing thing. Especially tonight, I thought the crowd was great. Like, let's, let's shift the momentum of this game. Let's step on their throats. The Vikings and Zimmer – don't see it that way. They're like, we just got a momentum-changing turnover. Rather than trying to do like a play-action shot deep, yeah. let's hand it off on first down to Mike Boone. Let's hand it off on second down to Mike Boone. Or maybe let's throw a screen pass to C.J. Ham. There is no aggressiveness. I, it was really weird that we didn't go for it on fourth and one, but we did go for it on fourth and four. I just think we need to be more aggressive against good teams, and I think that's why the conservative approach of Zimmer does really well against these lower-end teams that we are more talented than. Yeah. But then when we have a team that's equal to us, we need to uh, get a little more aggressive. So I just wanted to mention that. Um, I am uh, always optimistic for uh, Minnesota sports, so I want to end with my P.J. Fleck 
slogans. Go Gophers, Sky Uma, row the boat. Go Wild, our ice. Go Vikes, Skull. Go Twins, this is how we baseball. Go Timberwolves, all eyes north. Ow! <laughs> all right, thanks, Phil. Phil in Plymouth. Great sign-off. Uh, let's go to uh, Derek in Sioux Falls. You're on Vikings Vent Line, Derek. How's it going? What's happening? Not much. Yeah. Hey, I, I, I'm listening to your points about, uh, you were talking about Russell Wilson. I mean, Kirk Cousins is not a Russell Wilson. He can't run yep. like Russell Wilson can. Yep. Uh, that, that's my comment. He needs a line in front of him. He's a pocket passer, like you said earlier. Um, my big issue tonight, and I know it has nothing to do with him losing the game, but that last penalty against the Vikings, this guy is running down Kirk Cousins in the backfield, and the guy blocks him. How is that a penalty? And that is my question. Um, I think they called a crackback block. I think that's what it was. Can't if if yeah. a defender is turning back downfield, you can't like blind. I'd block him anymore. Right. I guess I I I remember Laquan Treadwell got called for something like that. I think ironically it was against the Packers a couple of years ago. Um, where it was sort of a same thing. He was like blocking downfield though, and then he like turned backwards and blocked the guy. Like you basically can't do that. That's kind of the rule, I guess. Hey, real quick, on the Russell Wilson point that that caller just made, mm-hmm. we all agree Kirk Cousins is not Russell Wilson. But let me just illustrate this, because we're, what we're talking about here is salary cap strategy and how yep. you should allocate your resources. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson and Kirk Cousins in the pocket only, if it's just two dudes in the pocket. I would actually, I, I would listen to an argument that if the pocket's clean and they both have time to throw darts and pick a defense apart, that there's not a lot of different like if if you can't if Russell Wilson was not allowed to leave the pocket and they both are dropping back and they're at the mercy of their offensive line and 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 if the offensive line is really good Kirk Cousins is a surgeon in those circumstances mm-hmm. as most quarterbacks would be yep. as most good quarterbacks in the NFL would be and Kirk is a good quarterback well Kirk makes 28 million and Russell makes a little bit more so it's a, it's a, it's not a great Great illustration of my point here. Russell makes $35 million a year, so he makes $7 million more than Kirk Cousins. But mm-hmm. compared to, like, rookie contract guys, they're both pretty similar. Compared to, like, Sam Darnold and Mitch Trubisky and Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, et cetera. Yep. What you get with Russell Wilson is an escape plan for when your defense is giving up points, when mm-hmm. your offensive line is getting blown up. You get his legs, you get his mobility, you get his creativity – and I think you get his leadership, which can be kind of corny sometimes. You just you get these other things. So when if you're paying close to the same amount of money relative to the salary cap for Kirk Cousins and Russell Wilson, advantage Seahawks because they're going to the grocery store, and you both have the same budget, but they're able to get like three extra food items in their cart compared to you because they mm-hmm. get his legs, they get his brain in those moments. A guy who steps up in crisis as opposed to Kirk Cousins, who usually goes the other way, and those things all factor in. It's just, yeah. I mean, I, I and again, like you guys are too hard on Kirk. Well, this is just, this is just an objective, real conversation. Kirk about is Kirk. a Kirk is a good quarterback. He is, and he, when you look at the thirty-two, I guess, starting quarterbacks in the NFL, Kirk is in the upper half, certainly. And I think this year, when you look at how he's played the overall body of work this year, he has played like one of the top, I think, six or seven quarterbacks in the NFL. 
But I think what separates the Russell Wilsons, the Lamar Jacksons, the Deshaun Watsons, the, you know, the Aaron Rodgers in his prime. I mean, Aaron Rodgers isn't there anymore, but what made Aaron Rodgers so good in his prime is just that extra ability to, if, if, if the bleep hits the fan on a specific play, they have the ability to extend a play and make something happen. Your guy, Tony Romo, was pretty good at that. Yeah, he was. And, right, he was. I mean, <laughs> I saw that little twinkle in your eye when I mentioned oh, yeah. Tony Romo. But, I think about Tony when I go to sleep sometimes. But, you know, some of those, some of these guys, they're, they're able to have a little bit more success when things don't go perfectly for them. And they're able to extend a play once in a while. And, and a lot of times, Phil... You do that one or two times a game, it could be the difference between you winning and losing. Yeah. yeah. Totally could be the difference between you winning and losing a game. Yep. Uh let's do this. Let's let's we've been going strong for like 50 minutes here. Let's take our first quick break. And then we're going to come back. Matt, Kyle, Dave in South Carolina, Craig, Scott in Farmington. We'll get to you guys. And uh, as soon as callers drop off, 651-646-8255. Vikings therapy session here with Phil Mackey, Manny Hill. The Vikings smoked tonight by the Green Bay Packers in one of their, if not if not the most embarrassing performance of the season. We'll come back with more of your phone calls and more reaction. Vikings vent line on. I thought after that Chargers game, we can handle a little more pressure. I thought Kirk was going to break his prime time streak, and I was just sorely disappointed. The offensive line played terrible. Kirk played terrible. I thought our play calling was awful. So I just wanted to hear you guys' point. Do you think the Vikings still have time to turn the season around, or is all hope lost now? I mean, next week, correct me if I'm wrong, but next week doesn't matter at all, right? They are locked into the sixth seed now. Yes, they are. Yep. So, so next week means nothing. So turning the season around is really, whatever your definition of that is, is it win a playoff game? I don't, at this point, because they have to go all the way through on the road, they to me they're not going to the Super Bowl. They're just yeah. not like they're not they're not going to the Super Bowl at this point. This I mean, was, they feel they got to get healthy. That's the other thing we haven't even yeah. really talked about tonight is they got to get healthy. You got Dalvin Cook already who's hurt. Absolutely no reason to play him next week at all. I mean, I don't think they were going to anyway, even if they would have won tonight. But certainly no reason to play him next week now. And, I mean, Stefan Diggs caught a long pass and then looked like he took a shot to the leg and we got up a little bit gimpy, a little bit sore. Eric Kendricks left the game with a quad injury, did not return. I think Thielen. him being out really hurt. Thielen, um, Anthony Barr looked like he got dinged up a little bit late in the game. I mean, these are all these are all key players. These are all these are the best players on the team, yeah. and they're all they're all banged up. I mean, so next week, I mean, honestly, at this point, if you if you're Mike Zimmer and you want to trot Sean Mannion out there next week against the Chicago Bears, what the hell? Why not? Yeah, Sean Mannion's definitely playing. Like I don't know if he's starting, but he's definitely going to play against I mean, the Bears next week. I mean, at this right? point, you just you got to get into the playoff. You're going to be the sixth seed. You're either going to go to go to go to Lambeau Field. Or you're going to go to the Superdome. Yeah. Good luck. Um, 
But, yeah, you just got to get as healthy as you possibly can. So, yeah, next week means absolutely nothing. Just get healthy. Let's go to Kyle in Denver. You're on Vikings Vent Line, Kyle. Hey, guys. Thanks for being there on a holiday week. Uh, we appreciate what you guys do. Um, I have five questions for you guys, four of which are uh, one-word answers. You guys okay with that? <laughs> Is sure. One-word answers for us, or are you going to answer your own questions? No, no, no. You guys are going to answer my questions. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> Okay, so my overall, which is the only non-one-word question, is why isn't this team better? And I'm going to follow up with my four one-word questions, which who do you think is a better owner, Red McCombs or Ziggy Wilf? Uh, Ziggy Wilf. Yeah, not even close. Okay. Times a thousand. Yep. Not, okay, next question. Um, who do you think is a better quarterback, Case Keenum or Kirk Cousins? Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, yep. Okay, okay. Um, do you think the roster is better now or uh, when Rick Spielman took over the team as far as roster talent top to bottom? So Rick officially took the keys as full power GM in like 2012, 2012. I want to say. Yep, it was after Leslie Frazier's 3-13 and season. And that was a... That was a much better offensive line. They've got better skill position players now. I would say it's better now. I would say it's better now. Uh, but it's, I mean, fairly, it's fairly close. That's, yeah. It's, yep. Yeah. But he took, I mean, he took over, and he was, and in fairness to, he was, he spent five years, or like four years, from like 2008 through 2012 as one of the powerful guys, but his, his forte was draft. Guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I think, I do think Rick, Spiel- Rick Spielman has done a wonderful job finding hidden gem defensive players and skill position players. I mean, Daniil Hunter is, is on a hall of fame trajectory. That guy was like, what a third round pick, um, mm-hmm. Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs, Irv Smith, Kyle Rudolph. I mean, the Dalvin cook, he, he, he finds impact players in all rounds of the draft. And he deserves credit for that. But there's just things like the offensive line has gone largely neglected in the draft up until Elfline Bradbury. And those guys are, the jury's still out on those guys. But And his first round picks have been kind of a mixed bag. And I think when you look at a lot of them, okay, Anthony Barr, first round pick, good player. But then you've got... You got Sharif Floyd mixed in there, and Sharif was a good player, but then he had the injury problems, and so that didn't work out. Cordell Patterson, they traded up into the first round, back into that same draft, that same first round, and we know the history of that. But then you had Xavier Rhodes, and you turned Xavier Rhodes into one of the best cover corners in the NFL. He's obviously not that anymore, but he turned out to be a pretty good player. Then you got Laquan Treadwell in there. You got Ponder in there as a pick. I mean, it's... The first round picks were Spielman. We can say yeah. it's debatable, but it's it's most likely better right now. And sure. then the last yep. thing I have is uh, Mike Zimmer or Leslie Frazier. One word answer: better coach. Who do you think? Mike Zimmer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let me wrap it all up. I got one more one more sentence here. Um, so we've made major improvements at ownership, head coach, quarterback, overall roster construction. Why aren't the results any better? I understand we're not a bad team right now, but we're not going to win a Super Bowl. Why isn't this bearing fruit? I mean, we've improved so much in the last decade, and it's just not going to be there for us. It it really hurts. It's a great question. It is, man. I think part of it is quarterback in in that you've got a better quarterback, but do you have you know it's it's all it's all do you have a needle moving quarterback? Mm-hmm. No. 
Um, In some ways, Phil, it's kind of like, and it's interesting that I'm bringing Gary Kubiak into this conversation, but when Gary Kubiak took over the Houston Texans, they were not a very good team. They were a very young team as far as like history. They were only, I think, like their fourth or fifth year when he took them over. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they had just gone through coaching change because Don Capers, I think, was their first coach. They drafted David Carr, and that was a train wreck because they couldn't get an offensive line around him. Yeah. And Gary Kubiak took over. He drafted Mario Williams, and he traded for Matt Schaub. And Matt Schaub was a solid starting quarterback. And they finally, after a few years, they got to be pretty good, but they could never get over that hump. And it's kind of the same sort of thing where Gary Kubiak made them, made the Houston Texans better than what they were when he took them over, but they just couldn't, they just weren't quite good enough. And so then, and then you're, if you want to get really meta here, or really in the weeds, then you're confronted with the reality that there are 32 teams and only one wins the championship every year. And if you are consistently the seventh or eighth best team, and sometimes you pop up and you're like the fourth best team, Mm -hmm. it's a failure if your only bar is championship. And I understand that for a franchise that's been around for 60 years, that should be your bar. Your bar should be championship. But what happens is, Sometimes you fire a guy who is consistently getting a team to a high point, but not a championship point. Mm-hmm. And then the guy that you hire to replace him with, it's a gamble because, right, you're, hey, I, I've already got a team that's in the playoffs on a regular basis. Mike Zimmer's worst season is seven and nine. He does not have train wreck seasons as the head coach of the Vikings. Rick Spielman has not really overseen train wreck seasons. Yeah. Um, but if your goal is championship and you don't think like someone made a point, I can't remember who it was. Someone tweeted this out. You know, Mike Zimmer is constantly coaching to punt on like fourth and one and to punt in the today. He punted on fourth and one. Mm-hmm. One of the dumbest punts I've ever seen after when they call a timeout, a timeout yep. from the, from his own 45 yard line. He's punting in that spot. And so he's coaching from this sort of conservative punt first mindset. And then you look at teams like, the Baltimore Ravens, who have an analytics consultant standing next to John Harbaugh on the field, like on the sidelines, mm-hmm. and they're hunting for opportunities to go for it, and they're getting those little edges two or three times maybe during the course of a game, and then however many times, 40 times over the course of a season, if, you're, if, you're, if, if you struggle with game theory and you struggle with clock and timeout management and down management like that, I don't care how great of a schemer you are, you're going to lose games because of that. So like things like that yeah. are worth evaluating if your goal is to win a championship. Can you win a championship with a we don't go for it very often on fourth down philosophy, you know? I yeah. don't think you can. And it's unless you unless you have a, a much better roster. It's very similar, Phil, I think to the conversation we're having about Kirk Cousins. About okay, this guy is really good, but is he good enough? For this team to get over that hump and get to a Super Bowl. I mean, get to a Super Bowl. Hell, they haven't been to the Super Bowl in 42 years, going on probably 43 years now. And I think it's kind of the same thing with Mike Zimmer. I think Mike Zimmer's a good coach. But is he a good enough coach for this team to get over the hump? I don't know. They did get to an NFC Championship game two years ago, but that was also 
due largely to Marcus Williams just completely whiffing on Stephon Diggs and not tackling him, and we get the Minneapolis miracle. Yeah. So it's it's a very difficult conversation to have with both the quarterback and this head coach, I think. Dave in South Carolina. Hey, guys. Um, listen, I had I can only listen to the game I was driving tonight, so I've got it recorded later. Um, but I'm sick to my stomach uh, at this point. Um, y'all listen to me on the coffee club. I've tried to be positive. I hope you guys would agree. Um, this is 43 years and counting now. Uh, you know, Phil and, um, and Manny, and I'm just, uh, you know, I look at it as y'all are bringing, starting to bring up some good points. I don't know. I didn't get a chance to listen earlier, but, um, you know, the Wilfs want to win championships, right? I mean, that's the bar needs to be set. And, um, you know, I think Collar brought up a good point, even I disagree with him a lot on some, on, on the analytics stuff. He brought up a good point today about Kansas City. They just couldn't quite get over the hump, you know, a couple years ago with Alex Smith. They decided, you know, to move up in the draft, right, and and, and make a move on the homes. Um, we cannot continue to pay this kind of money um, for this kind of performance in big spots. Uh, we need to really take a look internally um, at where this money needs to be aligned uh, moving forward. Uh, as far as Zimmer goes, I've been a big proponent of Zimmer, uh, but it's time that he uh, takes away his play calling responsibilities and starts taking a better management of the game. Uh, I could not believe what happened, uh, Phil, and you mentioned it earlier. I mean, you just take a five-yard penalty and punt it deeper inside the 10. You don't take a timeout out of a timeout. It almost kind of brings up men in a huddle and Brad Childress. Yeah. I mean, I just cannot understand some of these things that happened. Uh, not only that, but just some decision-making that he did uh, during the game. And I just, in my opinion, um, you guys are right. I mean, the bar has got to be set high. And I'm starting to believe that unless he makes changes and unless he starts letting and we start making some decisions as an organization, you know, maybe he is not the guy to get us to the next level. And if we lose a Chicago, don't give me any excuses. I don't care about guys that are out. Um, I just do not care. That was a high school performance on the radio. Uh, I almost had to pull off to the side of the road two or three times because I just it made me sick that here again. This is why the whole country um, hates the Vikings, you know, and can't stand. It's why the media on TV and radio broadcasts make fun of us because every time we're in these situations, guys, it never changes. And I'm just so frustrated. And I know, I know you're letting me go off a little right now, and I appreciate it. But I try to be supportive. I try to be positive. But you've got to look at aggressively what's best for this franchise in the next two or three years when we're going to start losing more talent. I think you guys would agree and making tougher decisions. And this is not going to cut it. And I don't mind guys like Diggs, who somebody told me as I was driving was on, was again on cousin's case. This stuff has got change and I don't know what to say about it, but every time we get in these spots um, over the last, what, three, four years, you think it would make you more hardened, right, for the moment and make you better, and we just we implode. I mean, I don't know what you guys think about that, but, you know, I, I just think it's unacceptable, you know. And, you know, we can continue to be happy with being okay and being good, but that's not really what this is about. This is about being great, you know, and winning championships. And, um, you know, with the talent this team has, like the guy called before, 
Uh, it's just unacceptable uh, yeah. in so many different ways, you know? I think it's a great call, Dave, and uh, we, we, we love having you as a regular caller on Score North, and we appreciate it, and happy holidays to you this week. Um, I, I think the evaluation has to start with assuming your goal is to win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Have you reached the max potential with Mike Zimmer and or Rick Spielman and or Kirk Cousins? And if the answer is no, okay, then what can you add or what is preventing you from getting to that level so far? Yeah. Because it's certainly not a disaster. Like, they're going to go 11 and 5 if they they're beat the Bears. The next year. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and they, you know, they reserve the right to do what they can do in the playoffs and we'll watch and see what happens. But if the answer is yes, either Kirk or Zimmer or Spielman or some combination have just sort of, this is kind of what it is. Like, they're going to. They're going to go to the playoffs once every two or three years and probably get bounced, and Kirk Cousins is going to melt down in Monday night football situations. Well, then, okay, what's your next move? Like, yeah. What is the next move that gets you to the next step? Yeah. Because I, I don't think they're anywhere near the 2010 Vikings where it's like, oh, man, like your roster just got old at the same time, and you don't have a franchise quarterback of the future, and mm-hmm. you're just back to square one. Like, yeah. That's not what this is to me, I don't think. This is a very, very interesting position for an NFL franchise to be in because you're not bad. You're not great. You're good. And you're certainly not terrible. But it's like you are you have to ask, okay, what is the ceiling for this group? What yep. is the ceiling for this core? You've got a lot of core guys on your defense likely not going to the Super Bowl this year. You can try and do it again, you know, re-up and run it back again next year, but everybody's going to be a year older. Harrison Smith's going to be a year older. Everson Grin's going to be a year older. Daniil Hunter's great. Not worried about his age right now. He's only 25. But, like, other guys are going to be older. And, you know, how long can you really go with this particular group before you decide to sort of quasi blow it up and 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 start all over and it's kind of the same situation with with this quarterback is that if you do decide to make that decision to move on and with Kirk Cousins I can see both sides of it with Mike Zimmer I can see both sides of it the thing of it is is you can you know if you're the like let, let's take the Philadelphia Eagles for example with Andy Reid like Andy Reid took them to a Super Bowl mm-hmm. and they were going to the playoffs almost every year then eventually it kind of fizzled out, and they had to move on from Andy Reid. Then they hired Chip Kelly, and that didn't go well. And then they got Doug Peterson, and they won a Super Bowl. So there's that side. Like, you could look at that and say, okay, well, see, the Eagles moved on from a coat that had kind of plateaued, and eventually a few years later it worked out for them. Mm-hmm. Then you also get situations like the Detroit Lions, who didn't have a, didn't have a great run with Jim Caldwell, but it wasn't terrible. It was four decent years. They made the playoffs twice, won 11 games his first year. And then they fired him because they brought in a new GM and he didn't hire Jim Caldwell. And this wasn't good enough. And this wasn't, we're going to do things the Patriot way because Bob Quinn came from the Patriots. We're going to bring in Matt Patricia. And now look at the Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. They're a freaking disaster. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really hard because it's, you could make a case to maybe move on from Kirk Cousins after next year and draft a young quarterback, but 
you better hit on that quarterback. You can make the decision to move on from Mike Zimmer after this year or after next year if things don't go well. But you better hire the right coach. Otherwise, you're going to be looking like the Detroit Lions. Yeah. So it's it's a really, really, really peculiar situation. It's going to be really interesting. Is it interesting. time to consider the possibility that Mike Zimmer is the great comparison to Tony Dungy in Tampa? Where you're the defensive-minded coach that got you as far as he can, but you're the guy who set the table. You're not going to get to eat the feast yeah. once it gets put down. That's yeah. man, and that's and that's a great point. And I think it's so hard to know in the moment if mm-hmm. that's the right decision because I'm sure, like when Tampa Bay was faced with, hey, we're a pretty good team, and Tony Dungy's a pretty darn good coach. They weren't a hundred percent sure that they were going to win a Super Bowl in 2002, right? And they traded for John Gruden. Yeah. They gave up draft capital for him. Yeah. And it worked out. They won the Super Bowl that first year with him. Let's go to uh, Andrew in Ontario. You are on Vikings Vent Line, Andrew. Hey, guys. Um, just wondering what your opinion is on is there any way to fix Kirk when he goes into like self destruct mode? Like, you can see it again today where just. Seems like you can see it on his eyes when they pan in on the camera. Like it just—it seems like the game's over at that point. He must turn it off. And then, like I think there was a few series in the third quarter where like he couldn't even hand off the ball. Like I think three or four handoffs looked like they were going to fumble on every play yeah. and under throwing receivers, over throwing receivers. It just feels like like is there any way the coaching staff can do something? Or like it just feels like it's like I said, game over when he gets to that point where he's rattled. It's game over, man. I mean, yeah. I, I wish I had a different answer for you, but this it's, is, it's game over when that happens. This is eight years of this. I mean, Kirk Cousins is who he is. He's 31 years old. He's This is his eighth year in the National Football League. He's a good quarterback, and he has at times been absolutely brilliant this year. And But I, I think the... the, the Sort of the deer in the headlights look sometimes when you get when you see him on that first possession, and we've seen this multiple times this year. That first possession goes poorly; it kind of sets the tone for the entire day for Kirk Cousins. I mean, how many? That's just who he is. I think we're watching the highlights again. They 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 force a turnover, a fumble on the first drive. They pick Rodgers clean. Like Rodgers mm-hmm. never gets picked clean ever. They force three turnovers in the first half. And they got smoked. Like, how is that possible? I'm almost out of gas here. Skyler yeah. in Iowa. Go ahead, man. You're on Vikings Vent Line. Hey, man. Uh, Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas to you, too. Uh, I've just been kind of hearing you guys talk back and forth about Kirk Cousins and the whole uh, how we're kind of beat up and scarred and we there's just so many things that are going on this year that we obviously didn't expect like injuries and we're beat up and so i mean zimmer uh, he's a good coach like like you guys said he's not a great coach i mean what do you guys think that it's going to take to maybe get over the hump like like you guys said we're our team isn't getting any younger and you know, there's so many Viking fans out there that are just, we're waiting for the Super Bowl. We want it so bad, but yeah. I don't know if our team wants it. You know what I mean? Like, we just, us as the fans, we want it, but, you know, we can't jump out there and get paid $84 million because we're not asking. They are. I mean, so. here's the, Skyler, here's the, here's the epiphany that I'm having here as we sort this all out. Thank you for the phone call. You've got, Good, but not great. GM, coach, and quarterback. 
Mm-hmm. In fact, there's a lot of franchises that would gladly trade places with your GM coach and quarterback situation right now. The Miami Dolphins, the Cleveland Browns for many years, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they would probably I think they would probably just rather get a new coach in there at this point, Cleveland, but there's a lot of franchises that would look at Zimmer, Spielman, and Cousins and say, "Yeah, it's uh it's not Belichick Brady, but it's definitely top third of the league, top 25% of the league." And that's the tough thing, like it's it's not a no-brainer to move on from any of those guys. It's mm-hmm. just not. Like the relationship is really good, but it's is it is it is there a spark there? Like that's that's yeah. where we're at with this. Well, the other thing too is it's also possible that the Vikings' true window of opportunity to win a championship was in 2017. Yeah. And they just came up short. And they didn't I don't I don't think they had the quarterback, mm-hmm. but also in the biggest game of his coaching life to this point, assuming that, assuming that you would put a head coaching performance in the NFC Championship game above other coordinator coaching performances, Mike Zimmer's defense laid an absolute egg yep. in the biggest moment. Right? It yep. just did. It's kind of like you know, I'm, you can look at maybe like the Atlanta Falcons with with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. Like that combo has been one of the best quarterback wide receiver duos in the NFL, and they've yeah. gone through multiple head coaches and everything. Now they got to a Super Bowl. They came up short. They blew a twenty-five point lead in that Super Bowl. But think about what they've kind of been since that season. Going on three years now, they're missing the playoffs. They're six and nine, and they made the playoffs last year. But they were like ten and six, and you know, or two years ago, I'm sorry, and they were like ten and six. And I mean. It, sometimes you, you get a window and you get an opportunity to, to win a championship, and that window's open for one season, Really, realistically. It's yeah. like legitimately open for one season. And if you don't cash in, sometimes you just end up looking back and just saying, okay, good run, but that one opportunity we got, we didn't really cash in. Rich in Arizona, you're on Ventline. Hey, I just wanted to say about tonight, Monday night, it was a disappointment. But at the same time, you got to look at, you know, the play calling. I think the play calling in the first part of the game after we got the fumble and did all that, too much passing. Like, we're a running team. Run the ball. Why do we have four running backs on the roster and we're not running the ball? You got to run the ball. Stay true to what we do. And let Kirk Cousins play off of that. When you got Kirk Cousins with two running backs in the backfield, you're splitting them out, and now you're empty backfield, and he's trying to throw the ball. That is not Kirk Cousins' game. And when you when you talk about you talk about Coach Zim, you know I love Coach Zim, and I just think that the situation with Coach Zim. I think he gets too hung up sometimes on his defensive players. Like, Xavier Rose, I think he played pretty decent tonight. But there was a, there was a lot of bad calls. There was a lot of bad calls. And especially on the offensive side of the ball. I thought that we had some plays that we should have we done something different with. Hammer the ball, run the ball. Yeah, Rich, and maybe, maybe, and thanks for the phone call. 
Um, maybe they learn, and I think it helps to when you have Dalvin Cook. It helps to have him when it comes to hammering the ball. Let's take one more phone call here as we wrap Vikings vent line. Shane in Texas, you get the final word here. Phil Mackey, Manny Hill, fire away. Hi, uh, first time caller. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for calling. Um, man. I think it's time for all of the big three to go. You're talking Spielman, Zimmer, and Kirk. Wow. It's just like I and I like Zimmer, but I feel like if you get rid of Spielman, it's you're probably getting rid of the head coach at the same time. And you know you've just seen enough from uh, from um, Kirk at this point that. I mean, you, you know what the guy is. And you look at what the Vikings have done with quarterbacks in the past few years, like we've gotten career years out of guys. So there's something there that, you know, if you draft a guy, you never know. But, like, you know what you've got in Kirk. And, I mean, Spielman, like, tonight was a big thing. Like, the O-line was a huge issue tonight. And it's been an issue for years. And Spielman just refuses to address it. So, I just want your thoughts on if it's time for all three of them to go. Um, I'll hang up and listen. Thank you. Oh, boy. That's a good way to end the show. Do you think, let's just quick answer, and then we can ponder this throughout the entire next four weeks. <laughs> Do you think it's time, if you had to make a decision right now, all right, all three stay, and that means a Kirk, a Kirk Cousins contract extension of at least three more years, okay? Oof. All three stay or all three go? And I get no other. I it's one or one or the other with yep. those two. <laughs> mm, I would. I'd probably lean towards all three stay. Yeah, that's a hard one because it's hard to give up. Like it's hard to give up your yeah. 10, 11 win cushy little platform. I would really need to know what's on door. I you use this analogy a lot. I'd like to. I would really like to know what's on door number two. <laughs> So, like, I will need to know who the GM is going to be, who the head coach is going to be, and who that quarterback that would replace Kirk Cousins would have to be. You know, I might just, just for the sake of just freshening it up, I might actually say all three go. Yeah. Not because they deserve it or because they're all terrible at their jobs. It's more, all right, it's been a good fun run, and sometimes it's kind of fun in sports to shuffle it up and see if you can – yeah. It's the right combo. But I don't think, like, if you go if you go new coach, GM, quarterback, you're also going into rebuild mode. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not just, you don't just do that and win the Super Bowl the next year. You have to be comfortable going into a rebuild mode. Yep. Because the so. GM's going to want to hire his own coach. The coach, the head, the coach is probably going to want his own quarterback. Yep. You know, so on and so forth. Yep. So, well, that's been a depressing night of Vikings football. <laughs> we appreciate all of you hanging out with us, whether you listened or whether you watched. Uh, we love hearing from first-time callers and first-time Twitter followers, Instagram followers. That's Manny Hill. I'm Phil Mackey. Thanks to Brendan for taking phone calls on the other side of the glass. Vikings Vet Line, available anywhere you find podcasts. Apple, Spotify, or the Score North app are probably the three best places to go. And tomorrow, just for people uh, wondering, it is Christmas Eve tomorrow, but we will be live starting at 10 a.m. tomorrow. We'll be live all throughout the day a special edition of Mackie and Judd with Rami from noon to two tomorrow. So uh, we're going to be wall to wall reacting to this and taking more of your phone calls. So thank you for listening. This has been Vikings vent line on the all new score North. 
Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. At the Home Depot, we have the tools for you to give the gift of a smarter home with savings on top brands. Like the Google Hub, a command center for your smart devices that raises the IQ of your entire home. Or the Nest Learning Thermostat that helps you conserve energy and save on your bill. And if you don't know what to get, gift cards are a smart gift no matter what they get. So this year, gift smarter with savings on tools to make your holiday magic. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.